Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. The other day, I woke up and I was drenched in sweat. And I'm not talking about a graceful glisten here, girls. I'm talking about the kind of sweat that requires an immediate change of clothes, like wring out my clothes kind of sweat. (laughs) And I wish I could say that this was an abnormal fluke. But since turning 40 two years ago, night sweats have become my new normal and are just one of several wonky symptoms that I've experienced lately that declare times are a changing. My body is changing. I often feel just as weird and wonky as I did going through puberty 25 or 30 years ago. It's like being a teenager in reverse, complete with the awkward body odor, the random breakouts on my skin and moodiness that has settled in for a very long visit. Turns out I'm perimenopausal. And while I might feel weird or that my body has suddenly betrayed me, There's really nothing weird or unnatural about what's happening any more than there's something weird or unnatural happening to my teenagers who are at a different end of the hormonal spectrum. Perimenopause and menopause are God-designed. They're seasons that can and should be welcomed and celebrated, but unfortunately, they're often talked about with undertones of regret, embarrassment, or lament. Today, we hope to change that narrative. Now, before we go any further, please note that none of us are doctors here. This episode is just meant to be a PSA, to give you a glimpse of the experiences of other women, not to diagnose your symptoms or suggest any treatment plans for you. Just consider our story's anecdotal evidence to a very nuanced and sometimes complicated, but natural process that happens to all women. Please consult your own physician before trying anything that we might suggest here today. So ladies, as we get started, I want to begin by giving just a brief kind of layperson definition of perimenopause, sometimes called premenopause and menopause. Well, I think just to make it as easy as possible, I would say menopause is exactly as it sounds. It's a pause in menstruation. Just think of the word itself. And perimenopause means around menopause. And it refers to the time in which your body makes that natural transition to menopause. It marks the end of our reproductive years. It's also called a menopausal transition. Women start perimenopause at different ages, but menopause is the actual ceasing of menstruation. Well, yeah. And perimenopause, you know, those are those transition years where you can expect irregular periods. You might skip one month, and then begin again for a few months and then stop again. It's just very irregular. They tend to happen on shorter cycles, so they often are closer together. Now, even though periods are irregular, you can still get pregnant. So, you know, make sure to get a pregnancy test if you're not sure. Menopause can occur anytime between ages 40 and 55, typically, but the average age I found out in the US is 52. So it's a little bit later than I realized. And perimenopause can actually last from two to eight years before your periods stop permanently. But for most women, it's usually about four years. 
And one way to tell when you might go through menopause is look at your mom. When did she start? That's a really good indicator of when it might start for you. Although, you know, I do want to add to that, Kate, that my midwife told me, um, she told me years ago, and I this always stuck with me. She said, September, because you've had so many children, you'll probably experience menopause later. Now, Interesting. When, yeah. And when I was in the throes of having children, I didn't think twice that I wasn't even thinking about menopause, but it was a very interesting fact. And she explained to me why I didn't retain the information, but it is kind of an interesting fact. Yeah. And I'll just add two thoughts to that. I think sometimes when we toss around symptoms and we start talking about menopause, what we're really referring to is perimenopause. Menopause is actually defined as that time when you've gone through at least 12 months of not having a period. So when you're still in the throes, like these girls have said in that transition, and you're having all these unusual to you symptoms, you're probably in perimenopause, which usually starts in the 40s, but can start as early as the mid 30s. The other thing that I would mention is if you've had a hysterectomy or you have had your ovaries removed, you're probably going to begin transitioning and have peri or menopausal symptoms early. Mm -hmm. So as women approaching a certain age, ladies, we're told to watch out for certain body changes like irregular menstrual cycles, like you've mentioned, and hot flashes. But I feel like that's such a general and almost cliche piece of advice. I don't know about you girls, but there's so many other things that I'm experiencing that I've never, ever been talked about. I've never heard anybody share the symptoms that I've been experiencing. So what were or have been some of the most unexpected signs or symptoms that you've experienced as you've approached perimenopause or menopause? Jamie, I'm right with you. I wish someone had given me a list a list of warning signs because I'm at the tail end of this experience and looking back, I'm thinking those were actually symptoms. Like those were things that were happening, but I didn't recognize those as being something that I should have known were part of being normal. And I think they can vary in severity and some things are often sometimes overlooked. Some symptoms are obvious and then some, and I want to stress this more than anything in this entire episode, some are actually warning signs that we don't even attribute to menopause. We don't even think that they're related to this process. We just excuse them or we put them in another category. I think the biggest difference is attributing symptoms versus imbalances. So hormones will change and cause symptoms and then there's an imbalance and those can cause irrational and unlivable everyday problems that cannot be ignored. So I hope women listening to this will hear that there are normal symptoms to menopause and perimenopause. And then when these symptoms perhaps are extreme, that means there's a real imbalance that needs to be treated and addressed. So some symptoms that we have every day are the things that we all talk about. And I know Kate and Jamie, you're going to list some other symptoms, but some things that would be an imbalance would be our moods are swinging wide one way or another. We're going to be moody. We're going to be discouraged. We're going to be a little weepy, but when your moods are swinging wide, left or right, really large, that's a major imbalance. That's a symptom to not be ignored. Depression, anxiety, maybe extreme anger and rage. These are things that I experienced and I didn't know that they were perimenopause. I thought I am just like having this huge spiritual breakdown. I'm failing as a wife. I'm failing as a mom. What's happening to me? I must not be connected to the Lord enough. 
But in the end, to come to find out, they were symptoms with a great extreme imbalance. So I want to talk about the symptoms in today's episode, but I think it's important for women to pay attention to the severity of their symptoms. It can affect their marriage and their relationships. One of the main symptoms I hear from women a lot, and I've experienced this, is sleeplessness, waking up at three or four in the morning, the inability to lose weight, even if you try. You're actually holding weight. You look at your pictures and you're like, I've been dieting, exercising, doing all the right things, eating healthy. All I have to do is take a sip of broth and I'm going to gain a pound, you know, like all of those things that are truly happening acne, skin rashes, things like that. And as we unfold this episode, I know Kate is going to share some lists and some symptoms also, but I think my heart behind today's episode is to really pay attention to what's normal and how to, you know, take care of ourselves well, and then what is severe and what to do about that and to not ignore it. Those are such great points, September. We really do need to be mindful of those extreme symptoms that we're experiencing. So that, thank you for putting that in there. You know, there are many unexpected changes that occur when perimenopause begins. I was thinking back for me, it was a while ago, I was 42 and I remember having hot flashes, but I didn't know what they were. I just thought, why am I getting hot all the time? And I remember I was in a little health food store and I saw a gal there, one of the ladies that worked there that was quite a bit older. So I thought, well, let me ask her, maybe she knows. And she knew exactly what I was talking about. She led me to several different supplements to take that I can't remember right now, but I have a bunch of other ones that I know work. And I started taking them and it helped for a while for a few months. It was like, oh, well, whatever that is, it's over. But then, you know, of course those things came back. And by then I'd realized, all right, this is the beginnings of menopause. I was, I think I was 42. So the healthiest woman's going to still experience something, but September probably mentioned a few of these, you know, trouble sleeping. Like she said, memory glitches. That's another one. You can get, you know, foggy headed and cloudy and just can't remember things. You're like, well, I know I put my sunglasses somewhere, things you wouldn't normally forget. Things like emotional changes, vaginal dryness. That's another one. Dry skin, diminished libido. You know, your husband's not going to be super happy about that, but can be part of perimenopause. Weight gain, thinning hair. And none of this is anything we're looking forward to. But like Jamie said at the beginning, this is the natural part of a woman's life. Our ability to bear children is shutting down. So they're not bad things, but we can do things to manage them and to ameliorate them somewhat. So we'll give you some of those tips that we've learned. You know, meanwhile, just know this is part of life. Yeah. And it can be very disorienting, especially Mm -hmm. if you like September was saying you experience these symptoms, having no idea what's going on because you don't associate them with menopause. You know, we associate hot flashes. Yes. Right. Beck got that, you know, irregular cycles, but that typically, you know, is all that anybody wants to talk about. Yeah. And I am right in the throes of it. So everything you were saying, girls, I'm just nodding my head because I've experienced any and all of those. The brain fog, I can be in the middle of a conversation and completely lose my words. It's not that I forget what I was going to say. I can't think of a simple word that I've used a billion times in my life. Of course, I mentioned the night sweats. I remember girls reading a book several years ago, like in my thirties, and it was written by a woman who had just turned 40 that year. And so the book wasn't about menopause, but she referred to her body changes many times in the book. And I thought to myself at that time, oh, well, she's probably just not exercising enough. You know, she (laughs) talked about her weight gain and I thought, oh, she's just eating all the wrong things or she's not drinking enough water. Nope. She was doing everything right. I'm certain of it because I feel like I'm doing everything right. And my body 
has betrayed me, or at least that's the way it feels. Here are just a couple other things that I've experienced that now that I have been in it long enough, and I know this is where these symptoms are coming from, I can recognize them as perimenopausal, but had someone maybe not pointed that out to me, I would have just thought, oh, that's something really weird happening to my body. My skin looks a whole lot different. I'm getting all these age spots, dry skin. I've become allergic to gold jewelry, which ironically, the only other time that has ever happened to me in my life has been when I've been pregnant. And so, you know, when I was pregnant, I'd have to take off my wedding ring and wear it around my neck, you know, over my shirt because my skin would not break out, but get really red and raw, almost to the point of cracked and bleeding. And that's happening right now. I'm gaining weight, but I'm gaining it differently than I've ever gained it before. And I feel like I'm practically nocturnal. I continue to wake up throughout the night. And yet I'm not requiring as much sleep. I don't know. I just pop wide awake and my mind instantly starts going. So September, you've been rather vocal about hormones and hormonal changes and all the things that happen to a woman at a certain age on social media lately. Why is that? And why do you think that menopause gets such a bad rap and is surrounded by so much misinformation? I am. I am more vocal and more passionate about this topic now because I personally lived uneducated and many areas of my life begin to suffer and I didn't know it. Menopause gets a bad rap for a few reasons. And this is what I think. Women live uneducated. And so then they live in misery when things are out of balance. And then they blame or say that this is part of life and it's horrific. And it is. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, we've said that here today. But if we stay uneducated, and we live and stay in the place of misery, it casts a shadow on an area of life that should be our prime. Mm. And I believe that 100%. And I think this misinformation comes from two things. I think it is because we, this generation, Kate, you, Jamie, and I, we are coming off of a generation of women who were private. They kept raising children, how to have a baby, breastfeeding, pregnancy loss, all of those things private. They didn't talk about anything. So they raised a generation of women who didn't know anything. We are uneducated. And I believe it's time for us to talk about these things. And that's why in social media, I'm talking about them because I just lived and walked through 11 years of major confusion. And I told my husband, the words came out of my mouth. And I said, I feel like my body is betraying me. This is before I was aware of what was going on. And that's exactly how we feel. We feel like our body is betraying us because everything it's done up until this point, it's now resting. It's now stopping. It's now slowing down. But it feels like betrayal because everything we've done to get to where we are that has worked isn't working anymore. I think the second point of misinformation is a lack of doctors or people who specialize and educate women and listen to concerns rather than saying, well, this is just the way it is. You know, just deal with it. This is the way it is. I don't believe that. I don't believe we just have to live with it and suffer. And I think more importantly, I don't think we have to suffer. So I think it's our job. This is why we're talking about this on the podcast. And this is why I'm talking about this on social media, because we did come from a generation of women who were very private and we are just not prepared. We don't know enough. And secondly, we need to find people who can help us. And so we begin by researching, studying, and talking about these things. So awareness is key. Yeah, that is so good, September, because I'm thinking, you know, when I was going through this, there was no social media. There was nowhere to go to ask if my mom wasn't one that I could really talk to about these kind of things. 
I'm trying to think if there was even an internet back then, you know, that was 20 years ago that I went through perimenopause and menopause. So it really makes a difference. I'd never thought of that before, but you're right. Unless the older women were going to talk about it and they didn't because nobody talked about those things back then, then you just had to sort of figure it out. You know, I had to find a lady at the health food store to tell me what the heck was going on. So yeah, that's a great point. And I just want to add to what you said, September, you know, we've gotten into this I think this Western mindset says menopause is something that we should regret or feel bad about or be embarrassed about. But scripture refers to women getting older, wiser, growing in years as a great thing. And it doesn't have any caveats. It doesn't leave anything as an exception. So this part of our lives shouldn't be considered abnormal or weird or embarrassing. We should celebrate it because we're just reaching the next stage in the journey that actually scripture celebrates. And so hopefully, you know, opening up dialogue and discourse and being a generation that can actually talk about it. And I I would say not a generation. I feel like it might even just be a Western thing because I feel like other cultures are much more familial and women are living lives together. And I would imagine that they talk about it more often, are more open and less embarrassed to talk about it. Hey there, Mama. I just want to jump in here for a second to tell you about a resource that will help you build independence and autonomy in your tweens and teens. For the past year, I've been sending my older ones out the door with a gab phone. Whether they're going out to do yard work for the neighbor down the street or heading to the library on their bike, They can just slip their phone into their pockets and give me peace of mind, knowing that I can get a hold of them when I need to. I've always been a bit hesitant to give my teens a cell phone because I didn't want them to have access to the internet, or more importantly, for the internet to have access to them. But that always seemed to pose a real problem when they had to babysit at someone else's house or when they wanted to go play basketball at the park. But not anymore. With the Gab phone, they can have the best of both worlds. A little bit of freedom with plenty of safeguards. A Gab phone looks and feels like a smartphone, but isn't connected to the internet in any way. A tween or teen can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's it. For the most part, the phone acts just like an MP3 player with calling and texting capability. If you two are interested in purchasing a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can head to gabwireless.com and use coupon code mom to mom at checkout. That's gabwireless.com, mom to mom in all capital letters. So during menopause, ladies, a woman's body produces less and less progesterone, which then can lead to having an imbalance of hormones. And even though your estrogen is also decreasing, many women can experience estrogen dominance. So because that progesterone is lessening at a greater rate, your estrogen begins to dominate. The pituitary gland then responds to that significant drop by producing more androgens or the male type hormone. And this is when we often begin to see, you know, the weird weight gain Sometimes we experience facial hair growth or even thinning hair. There's can also be other symptoms like the ones that we've mentioned here. Kate mentioned low libido, changes in your vaginal health. Traditional medical experts often begin prescribing synthetic hormones at this point to try to, you know, counterbalance 
a woman's changing hormones, but these have been known to come with several adverse risks, including pulmonary embolisms and edema. So ladies, are there any natural things that a woman can do to help with that transition? Knowing we're not medical experts, but just things that you have seen helpful in your own life. Well, I'm going to share first, just, and I'm going to try to make this quickly, and we may duplicate a few things, but I'm just going to begin by saying, I'm going to say some of the most obvious and really, really pay attention. Keep a journal of these things. Cause even when you think you're doing well, you may not be doing well enough. Sometimes in these years, you have to do more. So of course you try to sleep. If you're not sleeping at night, you find a time to sleep because sleep actually resets your body. You need more water than probably you've ever been used to. Of course, your diet, cutting out sugar and caffeine. I know I sound like an absolute horrific Debbie Downer, but it really makes a difference. Exercise, even if it's just 30 minute cardio, three or four times a week really helps with our metabolism. Very practical things that I've done. This is just silly, but because we're so hot and sweaty at night, I went out and bought a cooling mattress pad and I put it over my bed and it's actually called that a cooling mattress pad and a cooling pillow. And it was a night and day difference for me. I stopped with the sweating at night. It was amazing. Now I do want to add this, and this is my personal story and I don't want to take a long time on this. If you want to read more, you can go over to my Instagram at September and with an E. I hit that point where I was desperate. Kate, you, Jamie, and I went on our speaking tour last summer or this last past spring. And while we were there, every time we took a picture, I just kept thinking, what is wrong with me? Why do I look so puffy? Why do I feel so bad? Why do I hurt? Why am I not sleeping at night? And I had hit a moment in that weekend when we were away where I thought something is not right. And I came home, cried buckets of tears for weeks and weeks. And that was when I said to my husband, I feel like my body is betraying me. What is going on? He said, I don't, you know, I don't know, September, you need to find a doctor that will listen to you. So I reached out to an integrative doctor and I paid out of pocket someone that deals with natural and medical. And I said, I need some help. I think I'm losing my mind. Like, I really feel like something's wrong with me. And he said, okay, I'll run some labs. I said, I want to, I want to let you know, I'm not going to leave your office until you tell me something's wrong with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> And he, he wrote me the next day. He said, listen, I wanted to let you know your lab work came back and your estrogen is at a zero. Your progesterone is at a zero and your testosterone's off. He goes, and when I say zero, I mean zero. You are making no hormones at this point. Mm. So he created this natural bioidentical. And I want you to write down this word, women, if you're listening, bioidentical hormone. And I'm not going to say replacement, but it is. And you can use a cream or a pill and it's a natural form, not synthetic of a hormone. And it is amazing. It's like taking progestins plus or something as an oil, but it's even more specific to your needs. Even if you're a little off, this is a huge difference. Within three weeks, all of my symptoms, I started losing weight again, sleeping at night. I told my husband, it is like night and day. I feel like I'm in the prime of my life. I have more energy. I'm happy. All of the things. Now I'm still experiencing menopausal symptoms, perimenopause, but I'm not desperate. And there's a difference there. So I'd encourage you to try some of the practical everyday things. And Kate's going to share some things too. But like I said, my heart behind this episode is that we listen to the extreme symptoms and not ignore them every little day until they get big. And I just want to add that when you're in the throes of that, oftentimes medical experts will see that and think that it's a mental health issue. 
And in some ways it is, but it's your physical health that needs to be addressed. And if we can address those physical symptoms, it definitely helps with the mental health. And so don't be afraid to push back mamas when a medical expert will say, well, you're just depressed or you're Mm -hmm. anxious. That Mm -hmm. might be so, but maybe not. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a great point, Jamie. I do want to add, you know, my symptoms were extreme. Like I was awake in the night driving around. My husband and I were having irrational. I was having irrational conversations. I wasn't able to think clearly. I was very, very, very low mentally and emotionally crying at everything, angry. Mm. It was extreme. But if I had paid attention to the symptoms from age 42 to 51, I would have seen this coming. And this is why I'm saying don't wait until you're this bad. Yeah, such good advice. Well, there are a lot of things, very helpful things that we can do to help offset some of these side effects. And September's mentioned several, like get enough sleep. One that I think is really important is do all you can to manage stress, you know, prayer time, time with the Lord, try not to let that slip by because that just, for me anyway, it just calms my heart. You know, if you are feeling anxiety or you're feeling depression, that time with the Lord and putting on some worship music, take some time for yourself as best you can and avoid any trigger foods. A lot of times we'll notice that man, whenever I eat spicy food, I get really bad hot flashes. For me, I still get them. I don't know why I still get them, but if I eat beef, anytime I eat beef and I, I like to eat beef, but I'll get hot flashes that night. So find out what are those things that trigger them. Many women react to caffeine. Many women react to alcohol. So kind of note in your diet, what's what did I eat the night that I had those bad hot flashes and try to avoid those drinking lots of water, like September said, about at least eight glasses a day, more than you think you need, because it helps with your skin. It helps with everything. It helps anyway, but especially during this time. And then regular exercise is so important to that 10 to 30 minutes a day of something. Aerobic activity is great, but even if you can just get out and walk for half an hour, it will lift your mood. You're out in the sun. We all know how good sunlight is for us and getting that vitamin D. So things like that, exercising will help strengthen your bones, prevent some weight gain and preserve lean muscle mass. And we want that the older you get, trust me, everything starts sagging a little bit and you want to maintain what you can add more fiber to your diet. That's an easy thing that helps with digestion with everything to have just a little more veggies in your diet. And I found this one, add omega fatty acids like fish, avocados, almonds, they help promote heart health. And they also help you fight anxiety and depression. So those are just a couple of things. Get a massage. You know, if you like to get massages, I'm one of those weird ones who doesn't, but my husband does. He goes regularly. But, you know, if you like to get a massage or take a hot bath, read a book and turn off your devices. You know, we spend so much time looking at social media that can make us anxious. So, you know, just be aware of that where you can cut those things. And a few things to to avoid that I want to mention, because these are important Stuff like highly processed packaged foods, they contain often a lot of added sugar, chemical preservatives, lots of salt, toxins, synthetic additives. And many of these types of foods are just high in carbohydrates and that can cause worsened hormone imbalances. And they also may contain GMO ingredients and be toxic to the liver. So just be careful with the amount of processed, fried, high sugary foods Another one for me now, if y'all have been listening to this podcast a while, you know, I tend to be the crunchy one. I'm kind of into eating clean, keeping toxins out of my life, eating organic as much as possible, as much as you can afford, but stuff like conventionally farmed meat, it's just got 
lots of stuff in it, you know, hormones and all that stuff that can cause problems, including increased inflammation. So we want to try whenever you can try to get hormone free or grass fed, cage free, pasture raised animals and protein whenever you possibly can. Organic meat, eggs and dairy and poultry. That's just another layer of protection that ensures you're not going to be consuming a lot of antibiotics and GMO fed meat and added hormones, just all that kind of stuff. And then again, added sugar. We all know why sugar is bad, but it's particularly bad when you're dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Then fried foods, refined oils. Be really careful with the oils that you use. If you read the back of most processed foods, you're going to see canola oil and soy oil and things that just are not good for our body. Sunflower oils, soybean oil, all that stuff. They're high in omega-6 fats, and that can contribute to inflammation and other health problems. So, you know, all that stuff, fried foods, trans fats are tied to heart problems, weight gain, diabetes, all that stuff. Soda and carbonated drinks. That's another one that can deplete the body of calcium, can contribute to osteoporosis, bone loss and teeth problems. And then of course, alcohol, you know, more than a moderate amount of alcohol can definitely aggravate hot flashes and contribute to weight gain. So just you know, think about all those things. Take a look at your diet. What are the things you're eating that you know you're not supposed to be that you can eliminate? And what good things can you add in? Because it really will make a difference in how you feel. And I think too, you can add in some foods that are naturally high in estrogen and progesterone. I'm thinking of like flaxseed oil, Mm -hmm. alfalfa, whole grains, parsley, celery, all of those things just naturally have one of the three different types of estrogen that our womenly body makes. One thing I want to add, though, when you're in the throes of perimenopause and you are gaining extra weight or even just weight in weird places, be really careful not to fall into the trap of fat-free foods. I think that can be our knee-jerk reaction, but your body actually needs a certain amount of healthy fat, and that's actually how your body makes hormones. So if you completely strip your body of fat or you eliminate it completely from your diet, you're actually negating any gains that you would make in trying to help regulate your hormones and natural processes. So instead of stripping it of all fat, go back to some of those good fats that Kate had mentioned. Well, what about vitamins, ladies, or supplements? Have you used anything in particular that you found some success at? I just have a few, but before I add those, I do want to add something that we talked about with this weight gain thing. I think we've talked about symptoms and treatments, but I think the mental part for women is probably one of the most difficult things when we really get to the bottom of it, because we are changing. I think we need to acknowledge that perimenopause and menopause is a change. Like if you were to say, what is one word? They people say, oh, you're going through the change. We will change. Our hair is going to change. Our skin will change. Our bodies will change. I remember being at an OBGYN doctor and I said, well, you know, why am I gaining weight more in my hips now? I never gained weight. She said, well, you know, like when you get older, we fall more and God made it that way. So you have something more squishy to land on. And I'm <laughs> thinking, really? But in the end, we are going to change. And what's happened to me over the process of perimenopause and menopause is when I look in the mirror now, I see the spiritual journey God's taken me on. And this change is now I can see myself as beautiful. And I feel like this is the most important thing. We will change. It's inevitable. Whatever we eat, whatever symptoms we treat, our body will look different. Our hair will be different. Our skin will be different, but it can be a positive thing. It's just how we get through it. So I really do 
I don't want to end the episode too quickly without pointing that out, that it's also a spiritual journey. It's a change. And when we look in the mirror and we're going through this, I think the world wants us to resent it and despise Mm -hmm. it. And I just don't want to end that episode, you know, with women thinking, I just need to fix this because some things you're not going Mm -hmm. to fix. It's to get through it well. Yeah. And, you know, September, I'm thinking just what social media is constantly throwing at us is what the ideal woman is and what beauty is that we buy into. And it's not true. You're right. We're going to change and we have to accept that and love the body God gave us. It's still the same body. It's still worth it. We want to take as good care of it as we possibly can maintain excellent health, but at the same time, not get crazy because some things are sagging or drooping or whatever. That's just part of life. And I think you're absolutely right. We have to stop looking at what culture says is beautiful and look at what does God say is beautiful. And those are two very different things. Some of the supplements that I think are really good. Jamie mentioned flaxseed oil. That's a great one. Vitamin E. There are a lot of phytoestrogens in yams. So interestingly, and black cohosh, that's one that's been studied. And then they're often promoted as menopause treatments. So, but again, they're natural remedies. They're not scientifically proven, but a lot of women get results. So, you know, look into those. Some of the vitamins that help vitamin D really important. It helps us absorb calcium and sunlight's a great source of vitamin D. If you live in a climate where you can get out in the sun every day, really, really great to do that. And then calcium is a great one to take because that helps form your bones and it prevents the thinning of bones. Now the RDA for that is 1200 milligrams a day. So, you know, think about what you may need, what, what you're getting in your diet, or if you're already taking some supplements and then black cohosh, like I mentioned, that may alleviate hot flashes. That one is, is really well known for that because of its hormonal action. You should only use this herbal supplement with the approval of your healthcare professionals. So make sure you talk to them before you do that. And then, you know, being Miss Crunchy over here, I love organic fruits and vegetables. And especially they found that the cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, cabbage, and kale really help with menopause. We've always known we're supposed to eat our broccoli and now we know why. Like I talked about before, healthy fats and cold pressed oils, and we can put a list in there of that. Some other healthy fats are avocados, coconut milk, nuts, seeds, wild seafood. Those are all the really good sources of of healthy fats. And then probiotic foods like yogurt, kefir, cultured veggies. If you like stuff like sauerkraut or kimchi or kombucha, all those fermented foods are really good for us. Some herbs that can help are St. John's wort, red clover, maca root, chaste berry, and American ginseng. So you're going to have to go to the health food store for those, but they can be good ones. And then there are a few essential oils that can really help. One is clary sage. Another one is Roman chamomile. Peppermint's a good one and thyme oil. Those are all going to help. But if you're going to use them, make sure you get a really good therapeutic grade or pure oil in stores or online. Then just, you know, put a few drops on the tops of your feet or the back of your neck a couple of times a day. You can combine any essential oil with a carrier oil like jojoba or coconut oil if you need to dilute its strength and if you, you know if you find that your skin's sensitive to it. And then another one is green tea that can really help prevent bone loss. So hopefully those will give you a few ideas of things that you can do to help get your diet and your health up to optimum levels. One thing I will just add is that whenever you have the option, opt for the cream version of something. So if you have the option to buy the cream progesterone versus the capsule or a cream of vitamin E to add directly to your skin for vaginal dryness, 
opt for the cream because whenever you ingest a capsule, most of that gets absorbed immediately by the liver. And so you have very small percentage actually being able to do the job. Whereas the cream goes directly onto your skin, which is actually your largest organ of your body. Mm -hmm. And it gets absorbed immediately. So definitely look for cream whenever possible. Well, what about your go-to resources, ladies? I'm thinking of like books or websites, experts maybe that you trust. What are some tools that we can leave our listeners with? I've just got a couple, Jamie. I'm going to put some more in the show notes. I love draxe.com. He's just really great, very holistic, has wonderful natural remedies for menopause relief for all kinds of things. So it's draxe.com and we'll put that in the show notes. He's got a whole great thing on menopause. So definitely take a look at that. And he has links to different things. And then WebMD has some good info as well. And then there's one other one called healthline.com. And they all have, you know, just some good resources and good advice on menopause. But even if you just do your own Googling, you know, some of these supplements and things we mentioned, go ahead and just Google how to use them and what they're good for and what the good brands are. Because you want to make sure you're getting, you know, either organic or non-GMO brands of everything you possibly can. I just want to share about two books. The first one is called The Bible Cure for Menopause by Dr. Don Colbert. Now, it's a really small book that's really more like a giant pamphlet and actually doesn't have great reviews online. And I don't know why. The only thing I can think of is that people purchase it thinking it's going to be a complete guide and exhaustive resources. And really, it's just meant to be like a 101 for women Mm -hmm. who have no idea what is happening to their body to just sort of tiptoe into some of the terms and some of the tips. And so I do think that the word cure in there is a bit of an overreach. It does provide some bullet point tips. And really, it has a lot of scriptural encouragement. It's a great starting resource to give you the quick cliff note of menopause. And then the second one is called Healthy at Home by Dr. Tierra Ona Lodog. That is quite the name. (laughs) This has been my go-to book for overall family health for years, Dr. Lodog. So she started out as an herbalist, and then she eventually went on to earn a traditional medical degree. And as far as I know, she's an integrated specialist. She takes a very balanced approach in everything. Now, there's not a ton in there about menopause, but there is an entire chapter dedicated to women's health issues, mostly relating to menstrual cycles, childbirth, and postpartum. You have to have this book on your shelf. If you are looking for natural, at-home health tips and cures and natural resources, this is the book that I would highly recommend for that. And I love Dr. Don Colbert. His his stuff is always good. I'm glad to know he has a book on menopause. He's just a great resource in general. Yeah, he has a lot of books about varying things to mm-hmm. do with health. And when I use that term book, I'm being very generous. They are just really large pamphlets, you know, like the size of a, a chapter or two of a, a normal book. Mamas, we are image bearers. We were created by a God who knows us intimately and who has designed our bodies to mature and change. And that's not a bad thing. Menopause is not a bad thing. It's not something to be embarrassed about or even to mourn. We realize that we've just barely scratched the surface about our ever-changing hormones here today, but we hope that we've opened up the conversation and in a small way have given you the courage to start asking questions and sharing stories in your own real-life circles. May we all seek to take care of our bodies, even during these new-to-us days, in order that we may be fully able 
to serve God and serve others. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love it if you shared it on social media or left a positive rating or review for us over on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you happen to be listening from. 